All right, our scripture this morning will come from the Gospel of Matthew. Our focus will be verse 13, but we will uh, read 9 through 13. Uh, for the 830 service, you not only have to bring your own chair, you have to bring your own Bible because we don't have pew Bibles uh, with us. And I always, I used to casually remark that if you don't, uh, you didn't bring your Bible to church with you, I assume you have it memorized. Chances are you do have this one memorized. And so uh, the 830 service had it memorized together. So if you're at home, uh, let's do this together. For it's uh, Jesus who said this, pray then like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May God add a blessing upon the reading, the hearing, and the preaching of this word. Let us go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the last time May 24th fell on a Sunday was five years ago. It was 2015, and I, didn't, I ended up not getting to preach that day. It was 10 minutes before Sunday school, and Ashley, my wife, calls me and says, hey, we got to go to the hospital. The baby's coming today. And so I, I, th luckily there was a retired pastor who was showing up for Sunday school, and I said, hey, I uh, need you to preach. I'm leaving. We're having a baby. And so I want to wish Ellis, Dwayne Lowen, a happy birthday this morning. Um, I can't wait to see you when I get home, buddy. Happy birthday. You are a blessing to us. So as we enter into our scripture, we've been studying the Lord's Prayer now since Easter, and, and we've seen six, uh, there's six petitions within it, six requests. We've gone through five. The first three deal with God and focusing on, on God and asking for heaven to come down. And the next three focus on our human needs, asking for daily bread, asking for forgiveness. And, and today we, we pray and lead us not into, tem into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so we ask ourselves the question, what tempts you? Is it money? Is it sex, food, drugs, ego, power, control? See, temptations are things often that we know rationally to be wrong. Yet the human mind has this great ability to rationalize or compartmentalize something we know to be wrong morally or we know to be wrong against God's statutes and we can rationalize it and compartmentalize it so that we can go on living and be okay with it. We do this with sin as well. In fact, three of the biggest errors we make with sin is one, we say that it just doesn't matter. I've been saved. I gave my life to Christ. I've been baptized. It doesn't matter if I sin anymore. I'm good. And that's when we fall in the trap of believing cheap grace, that we have permission to go on sinning, but rather we're called into repentance and confession daily. Or the, another mistake we make is to begin saying, 
well, it doesn't really exist in me anymore. I've, I've given my life, I've been baptized, and now with my rebirth, spiritual rebirth, sin doesn't rest within me. It was in my flesh, and it was in my old self, and I'm born, I'm new created. It doesn't exist within me. And that's another falsehood. And then finally, another falsehood that we believe is just, I've never sinned before. I've, I've been perfect. They, I, I've never done anything I consider to be wrong. And all three of those are lies, and we make God a liar, and we make, and by doing so, we make Jesus' death on the cross unnecessary. When the truth is, while we were yet sinners, we have a sin nature within us. And when we come to faith, it begins the process of sanctification, of being made holy. It's grace in process. We aren't suddenly come to faith in a finished product. That's glorification, and that's what our hope and our assurance is that we will see when we are resurrected with Jesus in the glory of heaven with the Father. Now, temptations. Temptations, we can call them stumbling blocks, trials, tests. We call them roadblocks in the middle of our lives, but really temptations that we run across, the ones that really grab at us are a symptom of a greater heart condition. See, temptations can surely ruin our lives, but they also lead us away from God. Jesus himself was tempted by the devil. Now, even though the scripture says God can't be tempted, we remember that Jesus Christ is both fully divine, fully God, and fully human. And so after spending 40 days in the wilderness, fasting and praying, the devil comes to try and tempt Jesus, tries to get him at his most weakest. And the devil tempts him three times. He says, first, turn these stones into bread. I mean, 40 days of fasting, turn these stones into bread can be awfully tempting. And the second, to throw himself off the temple so that the angels could catch him. And the third, he promised him that he could have all of the kingdoms. They would all be his if he would bow down and worship him, the devil. See, in this, Jesus is tempted to take care of himself, to command God to be at his beck and call, that God would serve him, and finally, to take the shortcut, to go and be God alone without the Father. Not only is Jesus tempted by these three, we also face these temptations too. We face the temptation to take care of ourselves. We face the temptation to make God our servant, that he is a magic genie we can rub on the lamp when we need him, when he's at our beck and call. And finally, we're always really close to wanting to take the shortcut to go be God alone. And in fact, that's what Adam and Eve had done. So Jesus teaches, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It almost sounds like we're petitioning God not to do something. But the word Matthew uses in his text the Greek word is parasmus, and it means to, an enticement to sin, temptation, trial, or test. Now, trials are only negative when we fail them. And so Jesus is teaching us to ask God to not let us fail the test, 
Oh God, don't let us fail this test. Deliver us from evil. God, do not let us succumb to the desire of sin. That's the request. That's the petition we're making here in this prayer. The apostle James himself writes a bit about trials and tests and and temptation. And we see that in James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, where he writes, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And later on in the first chapter, beginning in verse 12, he writes this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted, by, cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire, then Desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. God can't be tempted. God doesn't tempt us. The temptations we face are a symptom revealing a heart condition. A desire to sin. A desire to something or someone other than God. For you see, it's only a temptation if it's something our heart desires. Not all of us are tempted by the exact same thing or we would all fall into the same trap. It's only a temptation on, on each individual basis if it is a true desire of our heart. So there it reveals what our heart desires, but it also on some level means we want, we desire that thing, that person, that event, that feeling more than we desire God. See, it's in our nature that, that we're sinners, that we're rebels against God, that we want to go our own way. It's part of our nature. We're prone to wonder. But you see, God is there for us. We, we don't just try to avoid it, to close our eyes and pretend it's not there, but rather to persevere through it. Not on our own. No, not on our own. It's not an individualistic thing that we do, but to do it with God. See, this is what Jesus is preaching to us when he teaches us this prayer. That we need God's help. We need to ask God's help not to succumb to sin. That temptations and trials that have this way of revealing about what's in our heart, that it reveals maybe what we're trying to escape. Maybe it reveals what you want to feel. Maybe it reveals the thing you want most, more than God. But each time we overcome it, each time we seek God's help to overcome the temptation to sin, 
our commitment to the Lord is strengthened. Each time we rely on God's help to persevere through the temptation of sin, don't you see? The more we rely on God, the more we are strengthened by it, the more we are committed to the Lord, the more we trust in him and his unfailing goodness. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, our Father, for he is faithful to his promises. And when Jesus teaches us to pray, asking for God's help not to succumb to sin, guess what God does? He is faithful in that help. For we cannot do it by ourselves. We need the help. We need God. So at our rebirth, God didn't just give us future deliverance from all of our sins into the glory of heaven, but he also gave with us a helper, the Holy Spirit. So Paul was right to profess in his letter to the Philippians in the fourth chapter, verse 13, when he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't profess he could do it by himself, but it was through Christ who strengthens him, the one who died on the cross for us and gave us God's spirit as a helper. Jesus will later say in the gospel of Matthew in chapter 19, verse 26, he'll say, with man, this is impossible, but with God, with God, with is important here. These little words that, that we see is, uh, as as immaterial are often the most important when we look at how people, how God is writing to us with God, with God. So not apart from God, not beside God, but with God together. It's an arm in arm thing. It is a wrapped, it is a three, it is a, it's a three cord rope wound together that is strong, that strengthens me. It is with God, all things are possible. Not some things, not a few things, not most things. Not just church things, not just things and religion, but all things with God are possible because he's mighty, because he is great, because he is the creator. And so Jesus teaches us to humble ourselves. to humble ourselves and ask for help, to put our pride and our ego aside and ask for help. For It's the American way to say, I can pull myself up by my bootstraps. That may be true, but it's the Christian way. It's the way of Jesus to humble ourselves and ask God for help. That's the way of the Christian. So we not only ask God to help us from succumbing to sin and our sinful desires, but we ask for deliverance from evil, evil from within us and outside of us. We see our great God can break us of our evil addictions. We often try and manage that by ourselves. We tell people the story, I can quit any time I want to. 
We even lie to ourselves, this will be the last time. Or even more so, Mondays tomorrow, I'll start then, right? We can either do it whenever we want. We either say this is the last time, or we lie to ourselves and we say we'll start later. But if we go to God, he'll help you right now. It's part of being in that loving relationship with him. That God can break us out of our evil addictions that we, have, we cannot manage on our own. God can get you out of evil circumstances. It doesn't always happen, though, according to our plan. But in fact, we also know that we have this future deliverance from evil, the evil of our sins. See, when Christ came and he died on the cross and was resurrected, he didn't just come to make bad people good. He came to take dead people and make us alive with Christ. What glory there is in that. He took us from being dead to being alive. Not from bad to good dead to alive. This is the deliverance we rest in, the assurance of our salvation that we hope in, that no matter the suffering and how long the trial, the test, the temptation lasts in our life, we have peace, we have hope, we have joy because Christ was resurrected and with him we are co-heirs with Christ co-heirs of the inheritance of resurrection, that we will leave these frail bodies and we will get a new resurrected body there with Christ, leaving all of our frailties, leaving our fleshly desires for sin, that we will be glorified in the presence of our Father to spend eternity with him. So brother and sister, great is thy faithfulness, O God our Father, we can remember that it is good to trust and lean on our great God. For we will ultimately be delivered from our sinful evil because of Christ. Him on the cross and his resurrection. So as we look at this prayer, and we look at these three petitions these three requests that Jesus has us make for our human needs. It's daily bread. It shows us that we have this physical need. It's forgive us our trespasses that says we are sinful. It's lead us not in temptation where we say we are weak. So we say we have a physical need. We say we are sinful and we say we are weak. And simply put, Jesus, when he teaches us to pray, teaches us to ask God for help. And you notice what he has us ask God for help in? Everything. In all things. So Jesus teaches us to focus on God. And that's what it's about. In the first half, we're focusing on God. In the second half, we focus on what God can do. His might and his power. So after our rebirth, dear Christian, our journey is spent holding on to, remaining focused, beholding God 
and his unfailing goodness. For God is sufficient for all life. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we were dead in our sins, dead in our trespasses. And you sent Jesus so that we might live. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that salvation. Thank you for not merely making us good, but delivering us from evil. Lord, as we walk into the days and the weeks and the months ahead, help us in our all and every part of our lives. Help us. But Lord, we especially need your help when we're tempted. Help us to overcome it. Help us to see what the heart condition is the symptom is pointing to. And may we have the courage, knowing that we stand in grace to approach you, knowing we won't receive condemnation, but that you are rich in mercy. Help us confess and repent and lead us into that abundant life promised in Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.